on board with Stroll, and he's fighting the uh, Mercedes oh. of Russell, and that's a whack. That's a whack on the right rear of Fernando. Teammates clashing in four corners of the season. Driving hit in turn four. Yeah, but I mean, they cannot do that. Yeah, copy, we are reviewing. Hello and welcome to another episode of Rear the Grid. As always, I am your host, Matt, joined as ever by my good friend, Jashan. How are you this week, sir? Pretty, pretty fucking exhausted, mate. I am, I'm out on my feet. I'm tired, but the caffeine is keeping me going. So, you know what? Overall, pretty good. How are you, uh, how are you feeling about your NRL fantasy team? Are you planning on making any, um, week one rage trades? Or are you going to hold firm? Not rage trades, smart trades. Clever Smart trades, trades. Interesting, trade. interesting. I reckon I might be holding firm. I'm not sure if there's anyone that I definitely need to give the flick to just yet. No, embrace the rage. Be like Fernando Alonso and Lance Stroll and embrace the rage. I can't come up with anyone that I want so desperately that I'm going to get rid of someone. So I think I might hold firm. I'm going to try the holding firm strategy. Keep those trades for the end. But as much as it would be fun to become the 98th podcast NRL fantasy podcast to start this week alone uh this is not an NRL fantasy podcast this is a formula one podcast and on this week's show we rampantly and wildly overreact to the goings on of the Bahrain Grand Prix we take a look at just how juicy that Aston Martin car might actually be and Jashan decides, because he is the uh, man in control of these things, he's the only authority on the matter. Jashan tells us who he reckons is under the pump already. Yeah, buddy, people under pressure. All that and more on this, the first race review and another episode of Really Good. <laughs> back for another week in review this time of the Bahrain Grand Prix and Jashan we talked it up we were like ever since it's been a nighttime race Bahrain's always a uh, good race Mm -hmm. and this is one of those times that proves in life there is an exception to every rule oh Matt oh I'm not saying it was a horrific this wasn't a particularly great race though like no well, Max Verstappen ran out to the easiest victory you'll ever see in your life, apart from whenever I play you in Mario Kart. But... So much hyperbole on this episode. So much. <laughs> there was Max plenty Verstappen of juice hyperbole. within the midfield and some, some nice drives and some decent on-track action as well. Alonso yeah, Russell, that was great. There was a couple, of, yeah, a couple of things, but like certainly not the highest end. We've had a lot of good battles for like the actual pointy end of the race over Bahrain. We've been very spoiled with Bahrain. Yeah. Don't think any of that's happening this year, brother. Uh, always got to have, always got to have some regression to the mean occasionally. But um, yes, before we get into obviously Max Verstappen starting as he finished with a race win. What a shock. Let's just have a quick look at quality. Well, I was going to say like us. If you're like me, 
and you don't watch any practice, but you do watch qualifying like a sane person, if you like Jashan, Jashan's just like, fuck it, I'm going in raw. I'm not going to look at a single F1 car until the first lap of the first race. Hell yeah. Um, but quality is your first sort of introduction, first chance to see the cars on track, get a, get a feel for which cars look better than others. Um, instant, inst- I'll see what you think here as well. Instant off the top of my head, I was like, yep, definitely was sleeping on the Aston Martin. I know I was like, yeah, it's not changed at all from last year. But the second you see it on track and you're like, oh, God, it's a pretty car. Mm, it's a very good looking car. It's but I think, I think boosted under the lights that that. Oh, mean. absolutely. There's, there is definitely certain liveries mm. that just like sparkle under mm-hmm. artificial light and the Aston livery. Yeah, it's just born to be under the spotlights. Born to be wild. Uh, but yes, qualifying first session of the season, and it was pretty fun. There was a few spicy things through the first couple of um sessions. There was a there was a bit of hope. We had the Ferraris um, fastest in Q one, Signs and Leclerc. And then I believe Fernando Alonso. Sorry, and then it was the Ferraris again, and like Alonso right there in Q two. We were getting quite like ooh, ooh, ooh and then um, it, it just wasn't. But uh, the first five we lost. Um, Pierre Gasly, I believe. I believe I don't believe Gasly said a good enough time to get through, but then he also had his fastest time deleted, which um, dropped yeah. him all the way to the very bottom of the pack there was a lot of um deleted lap times across all three categories f3 f2 and f1 this weekend track limits seems like they're getting even harsher on it uh this season obviously we've had a few there's a few tracks where it's known for it and it's normally one or two corners where they specifically police it but it seemed as though it was basically just like any corner if you put all four color um any bit of the track if you put all four tires outside the white line it was just boom lap time gone Right. Uh, so a lot of deleted lap times this weekend, but that's right. That's the thing. As long as they're consistent with it, if they're gonna go harsh with it, fine. Just pick a pick a lane, stick with it. That's the main thing. Consistency is key. Fair enough. Uh, so Gazia, that. Um, otherwise, Devries and Piastri, um, the slowest. Only drivers not to make it into the one thirty ones. Kevin Magnussen also went, and then Lugan Sargent. Oh, big load. Just. Oh, honestly, heartbreaking for Sargent. He set exactly the same time as Lando Norris to the point that the standard timing screens go. They both did a 131.652. So Lando obviously right. getting through on the 10th. So yeah, the, the, yeah, the, the um, thousandth of a second. Ten, no, 10,000th of a second. 10,000th of a second. They were both 31.652. So that's down to the thousandth. So he must have got through on the 10,000th of a second. Jesus. Um, so I mean, props, props to them for having such specific timing systems. That's very, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, so, but, um, so that's also, either that it was like the second fastest lap, I'm not sure. But yeah, um, that's pretty crazy that we were that close to, A, both Williams in Q2, or alternatively, um, both McLarens out in Q1. As it was, Lando would have a bit of a better time in Q2, and he would actually qualify 11th. But for me... As much as that was all Lando qualified 11s, I'm way more on the lane of concerned with McLaren pace than I am. Well, look at Lando in 11th because, by all rights, he probably deserved to get bundled out by Sergeant in Q1. Yeah. And, we and, and let's be honest, I mean, gone. Lando coming 11th last year would have been a disappointment. 
Um, so it should yes. still be a disappointment this year in reality. Uh, in Q2, we lost, I think, just about the combination we would expect, caught up in the order we did. Uh, Albon, slow, Albon didn't set a lap time in um, Q2. Yuki was 14th. Then we had both Alfa Romeo, Zhou in 13th, Bottas in 12th. And then we did obviously have Lando was in 11th, which meant probably, I would say, I think would you, you'd agree here, already based off that, we had the eight cars that we're pretty much going to expect to be in every Q3 without incidents. Um, if any one of these drivers misses a Q3 session without having like a major incident, that's going to be a real like, whoa, what the fuck's happened there? As in the Red Bulls, the Mercedes, the Ferraris and the Aston Martins? Yes. I would go so far as to put... Oh, the Alpines probably should be in there no, as well, but then Bottas... Gasly, Gasly was nowhere near. Yeah, but he had, a, he had his, his, his lap time stripped. No, but he wasn't... He did, As I said, he didn't get through regardless. I don't right, know. okay. Uh, yeah, fair enough. I think Gasly showed on race day that he's got the pace, though. Oh, yeah, but I don't think... I don't think the last two spots... I don't think you're just going, oh, no one. That's the thing. Mm. There's, five, there's four teams, eight cars, I think, a clear cut. And you're going to be kind of like, they're going to be there. The competition will most weeks, I think, be for the last two spots yeah. in Q3. And that will be between the Alpines, Lando, the Alphas, possibly a Haas or an AlphaTauri. Alexander Albon, mate. In this case, it was Ocon and Hulkenberg. Um, very, very impressive return for the Hulkster. Um, I was pretty chuffed to see him comfortably handing it to KMAG. He was six tenths of a second, or almost seven tenths of a second faster in terms of Q1. They were both there. And then he went another four tenths faster in Q2. So overall, his best time, a full second faster than KMAG, mm-hmm. which is uh, fairly impressive. It is impressive. Shame um, he couldn't obviously. match that on race day. Yeah, but Magnuson did nothing either, so well, Haas just appears to have no race pace at all. But good Correct. So that so far... So far, uh, Haas are the Williams George Russell of um, race cars. <laughs> but Williams but Hellfire, but Magnussen did beat Hulkenberg on race day. I want to, I want to reiterate that. Okay, that's fair. That's that's a win for Dishon. I'm not sure how much of that was. Say. I I can't say I was paying avid attention to what sort of strategy calls were being made with the backmarkering Haas's to know whether that's purely the Magnussen had way better race pace or whether just weird shit happened to Hulkenberg. Oh, weird shit happened to both of them. Haas so made a complete mess of this weekend. It's quite embarrassing. I won't look too much into it. Uh, Ocon took ninth. That's solid enough for him. I think. I don't know what you think of this. I think for me. I'm going to be inclined any, unless there's a weekend where like there is a car that rocks up from the midfield and I'm no longer putting Aston Martin in the midfield. There's the upper field. Then the midfield starts at Alpine and that. Mm-hmm. Unless there's a weekend where one of the other midfield cars rocks up and it's like, wow, this car is really hooked in on this track. For me, any weekend where Ocon is not, I mean, I guess 10th works as well, but any weekend where Ocon has not qualified ninth or higher, I'm going to be disappointed. I think wow. right now Ocon deserves to be considered the lead driver in his team. Wow. And I think he is in just about the most consistent car of the midfielders. And I think he should be held, at least start at this point in time, as being the top midfield driver. He was the top midfield driver last year. You watched the race, yeah? Just, to, just. To oh, no, I know what happened okay. in the race. I'm, I'm aware of what happened in the race. Good. Um, it's not like he 
drove shit. It was just a string of hilariously unfortunate. Well, unfortunate and also him being a fucking idiot, let's be clear. Yeah, those those shit happened. They, they were also, that was another thing. I'm not excusing that. They were super duper that. There was multiple guys in F3 and F2 picking up incorrect grid procedure. And speeding in pit lane as well. A lot of... Uh, like speeding in pit lane happens to the best. I mean, it happens sometimes. For sure. Um, pretty rare, though. Every driver on the grid's had a pit lane speeding penalty at some point in their career. Well, okay. Just... All, right, all right. So you're, you're, you'd say that Ocon had a bad day on Sunday. He's made a couple of errors that, you know, these things happen, but not often. Would you just say that Gasly had a bad sat day as well? Like, you can make that oh, no, it's not. It's not just that he dusted Gasly. I'm just going... I think based off the seasons they both had last season... Mm. That, that they put together, and the fact that Ocon has been in that car for, what, two or three years now? Yeah. Ocon, I think, should be seen as the lead driver in that team until such point in time that Gasly makes it otherwise. So for me, I think if Ocon is not qualifying, it's a really at worst 10th, but, like, if Ocon is not in Q3, and probably ideally in ninth, I think he's had a disappointing qualifying session. Ah, uh, yeah, fair That's enough. Where I think he fits on the grid. I, I'd, I'd be tempted to put Bottas as uh, <clears throat> king of the midfield just because I think he's got better racecraft than Ocon does, and and in theory has great qualifying pace as well. I'm purely talking quality. Just purely, yeah, but Bottas is a great qualifier too. Oh yeah, but I think that Alpine should in theory be a little bit better of a car week in a week out. It should in theory, yeah. the Alfa Romeo, but the rest of the grid. Um, for all that promise, Max Verstappen took quality by just over a tenth of a second over uh, Checo, and he was a full three tenths clear of Leclerc in third, four and a half tenths back to Sainz. Uh, Alonso pipped the two Mercedes, which was exciting to go P5. Then we had Russell. Mr. Saturday out-qualifying Lewis because he is Mr. Saturday. And then we had Lartz down in eighth, which I think you'd have to say we were all fairly impressed by. Not a lot of expectations. I know both you and I were a little bit bummed out when the announcement was made that Stroll was going to race because we were both kind of hoping that Drogovic would at least get this weekend to really flash his talents before we remove uh, return to regular proceedings. But as we'll get into, I think Stroll was... Really impressive this weekend, if I'm honest. Absolutely. Um, I can't even try and, like, I if you talk him up this weekend, I won't even accuse you of being on the fucking payroll because, like, I can't find any faults. Would you want to get stuck into it? Uh, yeah, now we're here. Let is jump on into the race. I reckon let's, look, let's get the big elephant in the room, the really boring one out of the way. Cool. Uh, that's so that's, that's the way Max. to do it. Get the boring stuff in first so we make all the listeners bored. So they turn it off. Genius. Well, you get it out of the way and then you get to the good stuff. Otherwise, they're just not going to listen to the end of the podcast. Let's go. Let's get stuck into it. Go you on. get the bad out of the way so you can get to the good. You want to build up to the stuff you're looking forward to. Uh, in well, Technically, in news in news or in, in content, you want to start off with the juiciest thing so, so as to draw the listeners in or the viewers in. You see, uh, clickbait, headlines. Yeah, if it tails off, it's, you've, got to, you've got to think about your attention as well. That's fair, uh, but I reckon, I reckon our content's so good that, I mean, it's just quality from start to finish, mate. Well, then it doesn't really matter what we say, so yeah. Point. Um, we could go on a tangent, talk about Pokemon for half an hour, and it would probably be great content. But I digress. Yeah, so Max Verstappen. Yeah, I think Perez, is, I'm assuming if you saw this, Perez's exact quote was sort of once he um lost P2 on the start, and he did, he got jumped by... Leclerc. Uh, Leclerc, 
And also, it should be said, Alonso didn't get the best start, slipped back behind the two Mercedes. But yeah, Perez basically said once he lost at P2 at the start to Leclerc, any chance he had of winning was done and dusted. Mm-hmm. He would eventually get back past Leclerc, we'll get so gets that. But uh, he finished 12 seconds behind Max, who was probably cruising at the end. Mm-hmm. It was a further 27 seconds from Perez back to P3. Uh, Red Bull, I know it's only one track, but Red Bull are so far clear by the looks of it yeah. in terms of race pace, certainly compared to their rivals who can get nearest to them in qualifying by the looks of things. This is actually this is Red Bull's first win in Bahrain since Vettel in 2013 as well, so it's not even a track that suits them. So yeah, I guess, Jashan, what were your, your thoughts on the performance by Verstappen? I guess also the performance by Perez to find his way back past the Clara and that and like how how doom and gloom are you feeling about um Red Bull's dominance this weekend oh it's pretty it was pretty it was pretty thorough it was pretty comprehensive it was pretty one note like like I said at the start it wasn't very interesting the top end of the race it was more the midfield that was somewhat juicy uh, in Bahrain and it kind of like Christian Horn has been doing his you know his usual his radio stuff like coming out and having his little media fun he loves to do that and literally the way he's been talking to the media like it reminds me of of Toto back when I when we first started doing this this podcast and that Christian's been very much well We'd love to have a boring year, but we fully expect the other team to come back strong and give us a challenge. You know what I mean? He, he's talking the talk. He's trying to retain interest. I don't think there's going to be much of a challenge this year at all. I was so hopeful for Ferrari coming into the season, and they fucked up at, at least three individual times over the course of this weekend with yes. the mechanics of the car. So, yeah, disappointing. And, and like you say, the pace was just... There was no one even close. Like, Verstappen just comfortably grabbed the lead and just edged further, further, and further away. Perez, despite his shit start, uh, overtook Leclerc before Leclerc's, Leclerc's issue anyway, so he had P2 sorted. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's going to be a long year, I reckon, for people who were hoping for a good title. Fight. So yeah, early days, but your, uh, your Ferrari optimism in the preview episode last week is already looking like a contender for your worst ever take on this show. One weekend, yeah. I pretty much don't have much more on to add to that. It's one of these things. Um, may as well check it in now. George Russell's just come out and said in the last day or so that basically, like, yeah, I think he was saying that the start of it as well. He was saying they should Mercedes should just look right this year off, look to next year and that. And he kind of just expects Max to win every race. And like, I know that's a very defeatist thing for one of the other drivers to be saying, but like, it's hard to disagree. Yeah. It's really hard to see obviously he will not win every single race no, at some point something. there will something will happen either max will make a rare error or someone else will tangle with him he will have at that there will be a mechanical at some point he will have some retirements and perez won't be the second driver every single weekend because he's just not quite good enough to do that every single race but it's it's really one of the things like i'm sure you're gonna tip a lot of wild and wonderful things because you like to um get on the source when it comes to predictions well you but gotta get a little bit us, saucy mate you gotta drop some hoist in on on, on both the of us realistically know if we were being proper like actual legit thoughts real things like that i don't think there's going to be a single race this season where like we wouldn't be expecting max to win it's yeah. just i just can't see a weekend where i'm going to be going you know what 
I just don't think the Red Bull are going to be up to it this week. <laughs> it's it's unless, going to be a lot of max. Un- unless some like some news comes out that they've been cheating and then and then the car gets stripped or something. That's the only feasible way, you know. Yes, in, indeed. But yeah. I'm I'm not expecting that. I think they've just got it really good again and just much much better than everyone else. But um, Adrian Yui is the goat. He really is. It's now i mean if it wasn't already confirmed before it's getting very much confirmed now yeah but on to happier or more fun thing happy is maybe not the right word but more <laughs> fun to talk about topics let's go to ferrari next ferrari. Um, you alluded to it here. happy Obviously, is definitely Le- not the word i'd use to describe ferrari leclerc, <laughs> uh, leclerc did jump Perez at the start but he worked oh. back off that relatively quickly i can't remember whether it was an on-track pass or pit cycle but like by halfway through the second stint, I'm pretty sure Perez was already clear of Leclerc and disappearing is. off up the road. Leclerc, in the end, wouldn't make it to the end of the race. His engine would go bye-bye, and uh, we'll say this through that, but Carlos, <sighs> who was running fourth most of the race, would finish fourth even with Leclerc's engine going kaput. Um, and just quickly before I ask you how concerned you are for Ferrari and what you're feeling at this... Um, the F1 troll, I don't know whether it's F1 troll itself or whether he's picking it up from somewhere else, but the old F1 troll meme account, um, it was funny. It was kind of funny in Q1 where one of the things they posted was a thing called Ferrari fuck-ups in 2023. He's like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm already going to start to keep a tally. And it was, you know, the first one on the list was Charles' car is, fall- Charles car is falling apart in the first outlap of Q1, yeah. which it was. He lost two different pieces <laughs> of front wing on his outlapping Q1. Uh... And that one, it didn't really cost him anything, but that one was just kind of funny. But already, we're one weekend in. We've got that. Um, second one, first race is yet to start. Already had to change the power unit's battery. One out of two available for the whole season. Also changed the control electronics. One out of two available for the whole season. Leclerc's engine gives up on lap 41. Science car bounces too much. Team radio says, we are checking. <laughs> yes. Lap 49. To be clear, guys, this is the first race of the season, and they've already used these. Oh. There are 24 races. There are 23 races still to go, and they can only make one more of these changes for their energy store and, 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 and the electronics. It's one week. Honestly, it's falling off car. Leclerc engine failure. We are checking. We're dangerously close to Ferrari bingo yeah, for the whole fucking season, and it's been one weekend. Basically, all we need for the rest of the fucking season is a pit stop fuck up and the worst strategy call you've ever seen, and that's fucking bingo. We're so close already. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and it's just, it's just obviously, I, I was very hyped on Ferrari coming in. I predicted them to, I predicted Charles to get the dub. Uh, based on the fact that I thought Fred would be able to kind of steady the ship over there at Ferrari and and iron out a few things, but it's just the it's just more of the same from last year, if not worse. I mean, fucking hell! This time last year, Red Bull were the were the guys with both cars retiring with engine issues, and and Charles was getting a comfortable win, mm. having already beaten Max on track anyway. And now, bam, here we go! It's the complete reverse, and. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe th- maybe this means Ferrari will figure it out later and romp home into an easy victory, but I doubt it. It's a tough one, because obviously the Fred effect isn't going to happen just overnight. Oh, the Fred like, he's effect. He's coming in and inherit- inherited that. He can't that. 
that's probably a longer term culture thing. Mm. And but at the end of the day, even then, Fred doesn't build the car. He doesn't design the car. Can confirm. He can make the culture much more of a winning culture and a lesser. I'm hoping. So like my hope is what I most and so far we've not that. I don't want to see bad strategy calls and fuck ups like that regard. If that still continues, right. that's a worry. And more so, when they do happen, I don't want to see the old Bernardo strategy of just <laughs> pretending like nothing is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't love hearing a we are checking for the on the first no. race of the season. But I'm also I'm also like I don't want to be too harsh because I was like in that that was in the actual instance of us, I was like that, that's probably actually fair enough there. Like, they may, I, I don't think that was an unreasonable spot for them to not be able to have an instant answer for him. So, like, need to go back and look. But I was like, because it, it's the thing, it's the boy who's cried wolf kind of situation. Because they've had so many instances in the last three or four years where it's been, oh, we are looking, we are checking, when you're like, you should be able to answer that question straight away. Yeah. Even now, when maybe it's a legitimate time for them to be like, we are checking, you're like, that's, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, it just, it just, it just. Uh, alarm bells are ringing, Matthew. Alarm bells are ringing. Oh. <laughs> Ferrari Scuderia branded alarm bells that cost about three hundred dollars a pop are ringing. Here's one. Here's one. Definite hyperbole here, but Jashana, is Fred Vasseur going to make it to the end of the season as Ferrari team principal? <laughs> yes, yes. There will certainly be people in his position who are going to get fired, which I'll get to later, but Fred will be fine. How many races into the season is it before Ollie Berman's in the Ferrari? <laughs> For who? I don't know. Either of them? Both well, of them? Charles had more pace than Carlos. You want to see Carlos get hoisted? Maybe. Uh, straight to Behrman, straight to Behrman, and um, who's the fucking other Ferrari? And Dino Baganovich, mate. <laughs> maybe there, maybe there is only. Is Behrman the only one on F two? Ah, uh, yeah, I believe so. Unless, unless Arthur Leclerc is still in the setup, which I oh maybe yeah, he is. No, he is. He is. Yeah, he just because he's Charles's brother, but he, um, he doesn't deserve to be in Formula One. Although he had a good actually, weekend. Shout out he to looked, shout he looked out very to good. Uh, we'll get to that more in F two for you later on. Well, Ooh. probably probably next week is when that episode will come out. But, Podcast uh, you know, plugs, look, bitch. The younger the younger Leclerc look pretty good. Look pretty good. So be sure to check out F two for you to see just how good I think Leclerc's weekend was. Um, definitely better than his older brothers. That we can say for sure. Can confirm. <laughs> Feel sorry for Charles. I really do. Official stance of this podcast is concerned for ferrari yes um, i'm just i am concerned because charles charles has had uh some mini blow-ups in the past how long does it will it take for him to genuinely just lose his mental state of well-being and go insane because um, he's been fucked over so many times i kind of already am operating on the assumption that like you know how like when you like properly like if you properly break someone they won't even be mad anymore they'll just like just no longer care I reckon, I reckon we've, prob- we've probably already broken Charles. Charles is past yeah. that point of no return, so I don't think he can have a blow-up because he's just he's probably already in, like, the sixth stage of... He's probably found a new stage of grief. Right, I see, yeah. That's, um, that's, and that's he's, brutal. He's, he's just already gone. He's just accepted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is what it is. <laughs> Charles, if you're listening, which I'm sure you are, this is great content, keep fighting, Okay. You have the talent, and I need you for my predictions to come to pass to prove it. Come on! Very, come very, on, very Charlie. True. Moving a little bit further down the grid. Uh, you know what? Let's, let's... Oh, God, don't drop me phone. 
Uh, let's jump a fair way down. Let's go for a little trip towards more of the midfield and that. Um, obviously, when all was said and done, had Charles's engine not gone kaboom, the top eight was exactly the top eight I think we're going to start expecting in some various combinations mm-hmm. every weekend. It was both Red Bulls, both Ferraris, both Mercedes, both Aston Martins. Yeah. The battles are going to be for the last two point scoring positions. Or for two point scoring. Yeah, for the last two point scoring positions. Uh, this time around, that blood went to Alfa Romeo with Bottas in P8. What a beautiful undercut. Alpine Impeccable with, undercut. Uh, yes. Alpine with Gasly in P9. With a late, it became a moot point because. Uh, obviously Leclerc had retired, and so it became a battle for ninth and that, but with a move late move towards the end of the race on Albon, who had been holding that final point scoring position for a lot of the race. Shout-out to Gasly. Um, he drove from 20th to 9th. It's very impressive. Which is becoming big Albon vibes, isn't it? He does a lot of this. He spends, like, an entire race just kind of vibing in P10 and somehow doesn't lose it, and then you're like, oh, wild. Like, that time he drove an entire fucking race on a set of hards and, like, pitted with, like, a lap to go and came 10th. And you were just like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> um, so that move would have cost Albon points. But the Leclerc retirement means Williams also already on the board. It is just Haas and McLaren, who we'll get to in a bit, who don't have any points so far. And Um. Oh, yeah, sorry, and AlphaTauri. That makes yes. You buffoon, um, can, I, can I just, real quick, just going back to our predictions, you predicted Logan Sargent would beat Albon, and now Logan Sargent was very, very good in this race, but Albon, he looked class. Do you want to rescind that, or you, you're sticking to so it? Across, across the course of the year, was that my prediction, right? Mm, yes. I don't want to rescind that at all, because I thought Sargent looked class this weekend. I'm, I'm really impressed. Rookie of the year I so think far. if you are not a fan of... Uh, possibly Logan Sargent the person and some of the opinions he upholds, totally understand but Logan Sargent is a really good race car driver and I think he might be about to really prove because I think a lot of people are only cognizant of F1 they don't really pay that much attention to the junior categories, you just hear the really big hype stuff and Piastri is the big one who's got all the hype in that but like those of us who have been watching and I'm not going to pretend like I've been watching junior categories forever, I started watching the junior categories in 2020 which was the year that Logan Sargent and Oscar Piastri were in F3 together, teammates at Prama. I've said this before, possibly not on this show, definitely on the F2 show and that. I spent most of that year thinking that Piastri was going to fall at the final hurdle and Logan Sargent was going to beat him for the championship. He eked home the narrowest margin. He only won it on the final race of the season. And he only beat out something. And Sargent had a miserable final weekend in Monza, I think, and Porsche ended up finishing second in that. And then Piastri followed that up the next season in F2 by dusting the fucking field in one of the most impressive campaigns we've ever seen put together. And then we're all like, how the fuck did he not get a seat? But lost in all of that was the fact that Sargent went in identical machinery. So you can't even go, ooh, we had a better car. Sargent went toe-to-toe with him every step of the way. And then at that time, just didn't have the backing, the funding package behind him to move up that next step. Had to spend that second year in F3, basically being thrown a lifeline by Sharuz, drove the wheels off a much more inferior car, didn't have a good final position in the championship, but sort of confirmed, okay, yeah, he is good. Stepped up to F2. We were both very impressed with him last season, although we did think probably could have done another year to cook a little bit more, but we were Mm. impressed with what we saw last year. 
he honestly, Logan Sargent may be every bit as good as Oscar. He's just Ooh. fallen ever so slightly, like each time. So he's not got all the glamour glitz, but Sargent's Let a really good driver. Him cook. cook. So no, I'm absolutely gonna stand by that. The fact that Sargent was as close to Albon as he was across his first weekend in Formula One. To me, if Sargent hits on the potential I think he has, by year's end, he will be outperforming Albon because he will have grown and he has a higher ceiling than Albon does. I was super impressed with both of them. Albon, Albon did his Albon thing, and which I think he's always going to do. He's, yep. a, Albon is a great... I have no idea if there's betting odds for these kind of things, but if there is, I think Albon would always be great odds for like point-scoring finish because he just finds a way to get P10. Yeah, he sneaks his way in there. And I think... I'm going to ask this to you now. Of the three, Nick DeVries is considered a rookie because he's only driven <sighs> one race. Yeah. Which, of the three rookies, who impressed you most this weekend? Oh, but definitely Sargent. It has to be. I mean, Piastri, really yeah. what, Piastri had, what, two two laps or something before his car failed? DeVries was a bit shit, quite frankly. Uh, was my pick for rookie of the year. Feeling a bit iffy on that because, you know, Piastri, even in his, his limited time, did make a few overtakes and look pretty good. DeVries was just kind of, yeah, nowhere. And, and Sargent was very impressive in that Williams. So, mm, yeah, time. obviously it's very it's far and away, Logan. Like, it's not even a conversation. Yeah. Um, are we adjusting sort of our feelings on who might end up being down the ball? Like, I know I'm already um, regretting my call of Williams for our worst team of the year. Like, like, do we feel like Williams may actually... Uh, they don't know whether they absolutely have the one-lap pace, although it wasn't bad. As I said, they could have had two in Q2. Um, are we... Obviously, first race, are we kind of feeling like Williams may actually be a better car than the Alpha... Definitely the Alpha Tauri, and maybe even the Haas? Um, no. No, uh, Haas, you have to think... With Haas, right, obviously a terrible result. I think K-Mag was what... Uh, Right, and, and Hulkenberg was 15th. So Nico, obviously, having qualified 10th, very impressive stuff from him. He had contact with Ocon on the first lap, which essentially ruined his race. So he, he's been quoted as saying that, you know, after that bit of contact, he was going to the tyres like a hot knife through butter. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with butter, Matthew, but if you apply a hot knife to butter, it goes through it very quickly. I'm aware it, of the concept. It's it's a brilliant concept, yes. So Hulkenberg struggled for that reason, and K-Mag, uh, having qualified poorly, um, basically Haas gambled on the idea that they'd, they'd, they'd chuck the hards on him and see if he can you know, win with... Uh, you know, succeed through the alternate strategy. Didn't work. The hards were uh, not the move. Yes. But two kind of extenuating circumstances combined to, to, to make the Haas day pretty mid... And beyond that, Yuki, I thought, was uh, decent. So, you know, he was in and around the points, didn't quite make it, oh, but yeah, that's fair. That's fair. was around. So, no, I, I don't think Williams are clearly the better of those three. Uh, I think the issue is more so that McLaren could be so shit that they might just be, like, yes. the worst. You know what I mean? Which well, is that, insane. That's, I want to quickly talk Alpine before we segue into McLaren. But, yes, McLaren definitely... The next thing, actually, I sort of let's talk. Let's talk Alpha and Alpine. So Alpha, I think, looked uh, really good. Bottas did his Bottas thing. Um, wasn't Joe's best day at the office in the end? Only a sixteenth place finish. But I think Joe, we simply both still believe that Joe will have some good races this season. Yes, I hope it's so. They're looking bad. Um, Alpha. Yeah, I think Alpha could be in a real good running to. 
It's still hard for me to believe that they're going to challenge Alpine because I don't think Ocon's going to have weekends like this every weekend. And I think if Ocon and Gasly are both good enough to get points, they will probably accumulate more than Alfa Romeo does. But I'd feel comfortable in saying that Alfa Romeo will be a pretty close to a lock for sixth. I don't really see the other the other four teams necessarily. Like right now, I, I feel comfortable that they've got the other four teams covered. Yeah, yeah, I, I find it hard to disagree. I think they've also got the best... Uh... Oh, I do like me some Jost Capito action. He's he's quite good, but I think Alfa Romeo have the best team behind them as well, behind the drivers there. Just the, the, the Sauber setup is pretty clean, pretty functional, pretty solid. Yeah, so who is the team principal there now? It's Seidel, I think. They, they, they... Am I, yeah, am I wrong right. in saying that? Hold on. I'm fairly certain they snapped up Seidel. Yeah. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I yeah. think that is right. They did indeed. Yeah, very good. Seidel's a um, very, very good team principal. Uh, yeah, but yeah, let's jump to that one. McLaren. So obviously, Piastri didn't have much to offer in quali. We've already talked about it. Lando qualified 11th, but it was so incredibly close to being 16th. To be in a double exit in Q1, the only team to do that. Mm. That would not have been a good start for the season. And then come race day, Piastri made it 13 laps in the end. Okay. Um, I think he'd gone <laughs> five two. or maybe he'd gone five or six when he had to pit to change his steering wheel, mm. I believe, because he lost um, gears probably. He was having a shifting problem, and they said they thought it was electronics related. So come in and change steering wheel. I believe he did that, but he only went another couple of laps and then retired the car. Um, that's not the start you want to your season. No. <laughs> Lando, on the other hand, pitted about fucking 10 times or something because they had... A pneumatic uh, pressure issue. Yes, so they had to keep topping up the yeah, pneumatic pressure for like the hydraulic systems and stuff like that. So every like six or seven laps. Ten. It was every ten laps. Okay, about every ten laps it ran out. He had to that. So he finished two laps down. He was the <laughs> only driver two laps down. Um, oh. And in my personal opinion, adding on to this, bad weekend for McLaren because they didn't just retire Lando's car. After the first couple of times when it's clear that obviously this problem is going to be the whole race, why, like... I like Ocon, because they, they just brought Ocon in for the... Yeah, what exactly have they gained from being out there for 55 laps? Like, what information can they tell me they've gained that's going to be vital, that's going to help the development of the car, that is so vital that it's going to outweigh the negatives of they've put an extra 30-plus laps of running on all the parts on that car? Why not just say the engine and everything? Yeah, they just, essentially they just treated it as a test, you know, like just, just to see. I think it's pretty embarrassing for Lando. He wouldn't have liked it out there. But essentially, I guess they just wanted to, you know, test all the systems. They've obviously not done a very good job of testing them out in preseason, given that the fucking hydraulics weren't working. Weren't working. <laughs> so, you know, maybe, uh, <laughs> I don't know, maybe just a chance to see if there are any other issues that they need to address. Because, yeah. like, I don't know. Um... So it's, it's hard to gauge exactly, because, yeah. like, Piastri was looking okay. He'd moved up a few spots, I believe, before it all went yeah, wrong. Yeah, he made a few overtakes, for sure. And Lando certainly, I don't think, it was tumbling crazy backwards, and then, you know, you can't really judge, because it's hard to know where someone actually would have finished if they didn't mm. have to pit six times. 
It's a weird one to get, but the thing is, we're saying, like, is this just a one-off blip? Kind of like it almost was for Red Bull last season, where the first couple, first two or three rounds, Red Bull had a lot of mechanical woes, and then they just disappeared, and they stormed home. Or is McLaren going to be dealing with this all season? Like, are they in major dramas? But even as it is, I think it's already very apparent. It's certainly, like, at be- like best-case scenario is I could probably put them... Uh, maybe even like seventh on raw pay. They're definitely behind the Alpine. Yeah, on raw oh, pace, yes. and then in and around so Alfa Romeo of, for raw pace in theory. They're, they're in that discussion because I think Haas probably has better one lap pace than them, possibly with what Hulkenberg did. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I'm kind of like, I feel like the Alfa and possibly the Williams have better race pace. So, yeah. yeah, like, six. Six is the absolute high-end upside I can see from McLaren. And yeah. that they is They will have gone from third to fourth to fifth to sixth if they... They are, they are sliding back. There was that one year that yeah. they were they basically even jumped Ferrari. Yep. And ever since, they're now just slowly sliding back into firmly into the mid-pack and possibly on an express course to the doldrums, which is... I think there was so much promise. They looked like they were the team that was rising up, possibly on a trajectory to yeah, finally be back in McLaren's rightful pace, challenging at the top and that. It was exciting. There was a couple of years. Obviously, Sainz almost had the win in Monza, the year that Gasly won. I think he had a P2 on another one in one of the other weird ones one year. Um, Ricardo obviously did win a crazy Monza. We then almost had uh, Norris win in Russia that same year. And then it's just oh, yeah. all been doom and, doom and gloom since. Yeah, it took, took the L, obviously, to Alpine last year, but I think a lot of people probably thought that uh, Ricardo was to, at fault for how badly they performed. Well, not necessarily. Like, finishing fifth isn't terrible, and only just finished fifth behind Alpine. It's not terrible. But now it looks like it wasn't just a Ricardo situation. It was more of a team-wide situation. And yeah. yeah that it's, it's, all, it's all kind of going to well, shit. I, let's just, I'm just having a quick look here. Having a little perusal, are we? So Norris finished seventh in the standings last year, sixth in the standings in 2021, mm-hmm. and he finished ninth in the standings. Uh, but Signs was sixth. So they have had, in terms of actually, oh, geez, fucking 2020 was weird. Norris <laughs> finished fourth at a racing point. No, oh, dude, that racing point that. was fire. That was that was the the pink Mercedes year. Yeah. So if you want to say that that racing point was actually just a really good car and obviously Stroll was an 11th because Stroll is shit. Yeah. Um, or at least with that. McLaren has finished the last three seasons. One of their drivers has been second, first, first in terms of the midfield. They've been mm. right at the absolute pointy end. And obviously that got them the third in the constructors that year because they had two drivers really high up. They've been in like insanely good that's the thing yeah like lando's never finished worse than like apart Lando's rookie season he finished 11th since then he's never finished worse than like eighth or something in the construct in the driver's standings i straw first of all there is no way i see lando finishing top of the midfield i cannot see a possible way he finishes ahead of one of both if not even one of the alpine drivers Struggling to see how he finishes ahead of Bottas. No way, mate. Bottas is 
pure class. But like, yeah, I don't think he's finishing in the top. He's may not even finished in the top twelve with the standings this year. Bottas is like a bespoke leather suit. I don't know if they even make leather suits. If that's a real thing, but somehow he, that's what Bottas is. Bottas has changed since he left Mercedes. He's yes, it has. Hilarious. He's no longer the cuck lord. He is just. He's just. Well, the no, lord. he's now Australia's favorite son. He's our favorite honorary Australian. Exactly right. Well, I mean, can't be supporting Piastri just yet because he's an <laughs> idiot. Troubling, troubling times for McLaren. But all right. Let's get to the one that I think we're most excited to talk about. I imagine people might be most excited to hear about. It's the big story, I think, outside of just how fucking good Red Bull is. Aston Martin, and namely, you know what? Both the drivers, actually, for different reasons. Obviously, there was a little bit of this hype. We talked about it last week. There was a bit of this hype in preseason. Hey, hey, the Aston Martin's looking clear of the midfield. I think we both had them sort of locked in to be a comfortable P4 in the championship, and I think in my case, I said I thought they'd finish closer to Mercedes than they would to Alpine or whoever topped the midfield. So we're very much expecting them to be that more upper level than that. But I know then obviously the weekend actually rolled around, and obviously I know neither of us watch practice, but I don't know if you're, I assume you're a bit like me, Jashan, you're at least keeping an eye on the trends and like times that are coming out of practice and that. Yeah. See with that. And obviously the chatter started very much that, oh, Aston might actually be the closest car to Red Bull here. <laughs> um, there was obviously that thing in, I think, on uh, FP2 on the Friday in the long runs. Uh, Alonso was like a fucking hundredth of a second off Max Verstappen in like expected lap time or whatever, mm. which was super duper impressive. And for the most part, it translated. They obviously weren't quite there in qualifying, but we kind of thought we knew, expected Ferrari to possibly have a little bit more better one that pace. Alonso was able to clear um, the two Mercedes. Stroll wasn't, but, like, the big thing we've got to keep in mind here, everything that Stroll did, he did with what? He still got, like, a couple of broken fingers and a broken toe or something? So he fractured both of his wrists and he broke his big toe uh, on, I think, his right foot. And he had to take a plethora of painkillers to get through this race. Yeah. So I'm sus that he was racing, because you're not supposed to operate uh, heavy heavy machinery when you're all drugged up either. So um, you also you imagine that, you like, you know, that steering wheel will be pretty tough on the old wrists there, you know. Oh, absolutely. Even with power steering, absolutely. There was definitely some signs. I know this for you things. He was obviously in a lot of pain. So I think everything Stroll did, mighty impressive. We'll get to him in a sec. We'll talk Alonso first, then we'll talk um, Stroll. So yeah, race, obviously, we mentioned Alonso dropped a couple of spots. He dropped behind both Mercedes at the start, so had to do it the hard way. But about, like, halfway through that first stint, that Aston just hit, like, while the other guys, their tyres are dropping off, the Mercedes are slowing down, just seemed to come alive, that car. He rolled all the way up to the back of George. I think he did manage to on-track pass him in the end just before they made the stops anyway. Came out ahead, went off, hunted down Hamilton, got past him, that was a brilliant on-track battle. Do you have Alonzo Russell or Alonzo Hamilton as the better battle? Oh, it was Alonzo Russell. Uh, sorry, Alonzo Hamilton, sorry. And then mm. even Alonzo Sainz. Because both Hamilton and Sainz, I'm pretty sure he made that pass into turn 10, did he not? The hairpin onto the back straight. One of the trickier, that which isn't necessarily the first choice of overtaking zone. Oh, no. Nah. Like, no DRS there or anything. Oh, we saw it, it, it popped up a little bit in... um. F2 as well, once you, if you just got way more pace, 
it actually became like a great spot because you get a really good run out of eight then around through the flowing turn nine and that, and then you make mm-hmm. that move. And he, yeah, the, just the way he forced his way past Hamilton at a tricky spot of the track. Honestly, already, Alonso, that will be, I guarantee you right now, that move on Hamilton will be in the top 10 overtakes of the season video that F1 releases at the end of the season. Yeah. It's going to be a great shout for overtake of the year. It was a, such an impressive move. It was pretty sorted. I think Alonso will have a few more of those oh, in absolutely. the video, though, to be honest, the way he's looking. And so, yeah, he obviously then obviously ran down and passed signs as well, and then Charles went kaput, and all of a sudden, Alonso on the podium. Closest challenge at a Red Bull. Now, I don't think he would have caught Leclerc, obviously, if Leclerc hadn't have had that, but if he hadn't sort of bombed his start and dropped behind both Mercedes... Mm. He probably he, he probably would have caught Leclerc because instead of having to spend I mean, the first pretty pretty yeah instead of having to spend the first twenty laps catching back up and then getting past George and that that would have that process would have started with him only behind Signs and Leclerc so he would have closed up the Signs got past Signs and had like half a race to run down uh, Charles yeah so I think in race pace it's looking like the Aston absolutely. Oh, it's, it's class. And shout, you know, props to Mike Crack and uh, props to Danny Fallows, the ex-Red Bull engineer whom they hired for designing um, this car. Like, on that bit, did you see Perez in, like, the yes. post-rest press conference? I actually see three oh, Red Bulls on the Red Bulls on the podium. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, funny, they haven't held um, back and make the comparison. Horner said a similar thing in the media as well. But look, the fact is, you know, like, if, if Danny has that knowledge, then he can use it, you know? Yeah, Ashton Martin it's hired a- him legally. I love how this is just becoming the thing for the team out of... Where's Aston Martin based? It's essentially a Red Bull car. They've, they've combined Red Bull Aero with Mercedes parts. Like, this could be, yeah. like, next-level impressive Silverstein. Car, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's becoming <laughs> a real thing for the Silverstein. Because, obviously, a couple of years ago, we said it earlier in this podcast, yeah. it was the pink Mercedes back at the racing point Now day. it's the green Red Bull. Now it's the green <laughs> Red Bull. <laughs> But with Mercedes parts, like, this could be fucking insane. Aston Martin is just, they're just big for, I mean, why come up with your own brilliant thing when you can take someone else's great design and just see how it goes? And, like, Ah. they've nailed it. Um, I want to mention, like, that was uh, Alonso's, I think it was his 99th podium. Yes. uh, A day after his 22nd anniversary in F1 and obviously his first race with Aston Martin. Going to get Alonso podium number 100 this season, which is awesome. We may very well get Alonso's first win since I think it was, like, 2012 or something as well, which I am so... That's the thing, because we sort of made the point um, I definitely predicted that all of the top six drivers were going to get a win at this season, and I went with the, I think eight drivers will win. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I feel as confident about Ferrari <laughs> and Mercedes guys getting a win, but I definitely feel good about Alonso. Alonso's got to yeah. be the short price favorite for being the one to get the win. Five this- drivers will win a race this season. It's going to be Max, Perez, Leclerc, Alonso, and Valtteri Bottas. Love it. Love it. But see, like, if this could honestly end up being a season where, like, Red Bull win 20 out of the 23 races. And, like, the most likely person, I think, to win one of those other three, definitely now, Alonso. He looked vintage. I oh, am yeah. I'm really excited because this is also going to be your first chance to possibly truly see just how good Fernando Alonso is. Um, For me, 
this is a real thing. This is a chance to sort of prove a bit of a belief I've always held for a very long time, which is, I, I don't know whether it is any of that, because holy fuck, Max isn't set. But I've always maintained that Malonzo's the best driver I've watched. Hamilton, Hamilton is greater. Hamilton is that, you know, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady type figure, just oozes greatness. He is just clutch. He's a winner. But I always said Alonso is the best driver I've seen. Alonso just gets so much out of machinery that isn't necessarily any good. And he likes this car. He's been very vocal about it. Now he's got machinery that also is very good. Mm. And I'm so because I've got um I've got a mate at work who's a bit into the F1s and that. And oh, I, do you have a mate at work? Nice. Yeah, it's it's kind of wild. But he's he's been, you know, almost last year, and that just be going, oh, get rid of Alonso and that. And I'm like, no, Alonso is... And, and I'll bring it up. I'm like, I think Alonso is a better driver than Hamilton is. He's just made a lot of bad business decisions in his career. <laughs> and he's not... He's just not got that winner, like, it factor that yeah. Hamilton does that the true greats have in there. And now I'm like, yes, this is going to be good. This is going to prove just how good of a driver Fernando Alonso is and this this season is going to make the whole comeback worth it the two years at Alpine were, were fun at times there were some great moments there was that battle with Hamilton and Ocon got the win and that but like if that had been his comeback after the couple of years of that would we have gone oh, was that really worth it you could have just not come back and that seat could have straight away gone to Piastri and everything would be different and we'd be singing a crazily different narrative but those two years have led to this move to Aston Martin. Oh, baby. Also, so honestly, um, uh, and thank God for Otmar Zafnauer being such an unlikable prick that Alonso felt the need to move because he yes. could very easily have stayed at Alpine. And thank God for Otmar Zafnauer leaving Racing Point Alpine so yeah. that they could get Mike Crack instead. Yeah. Big off for Vettel, though. I don't, I don't think he cares, but big off for Vettel retiring yeah. when he did. I, I've seen some people making the point that, oh, what if Vettel and Alonso could have been on this team together, which obviously, like, it's a pipe dream because Stroll will never... Stroll, obviously, finished sixth. He's had a few... I think he's had two podiums in his career, one with Williams and one with uh, this team at some point. Yes. Would you say this is the best race of, of Stroll's career? Um, no, but it's up there. And pound for pound, request, I think a couple of his podiums, possibly. But this is good. I don't know whether I think a lot of podiums are coming Lance's way this year, but I think it's going to be a lot of top fives. Because mm. I don't want to get too carried away, and I'm still a bit like, oh, it's Lance Roberts. In my head, I'm a little bit like, Stroll's only four seconds. Stroll beat Russell, passed him on track. Mm. He was only four seconds behind Hamilton, six mm-hmm. seconds behind Sainz. With a broken toe and two fractured wrists, he's not at 100% right now. And more than the physical ailment in the car, he did no testing these this weekend was his first laps in the car he put it on eighth in the grid he overtook and beat george russell in the race he wasn't that far he was way closer to hamilton and signs than he was anywhere near to bottas like pretty crazy stroll he was when when the when the when the racing point was the pink mercedes like he was getting beaten by perez but he was still getting up there in terms of points and having some impressive performances he can do this. There is... I don't know whether... I don't think a week that... I think there could be some races where I think... I'm starting to think like, if the Aston maybe actually really is and solidifies itself into the second best car on the grid, yeah. 
He it won't be week in week out. It's the, kind of that Perez mentality where Perez like Perez just Max will win every single race, but Perez isn't going to finish second every single time because he's good, but he's not great. So there'll be times when the great mm-hmm. drivers get their shit and machinery ahead of him. Lance won't finish fourth every single race. I think there could be quite a few. Of them. I think there could be like five or six top fives this year for Lance Stroll. Um, and Couple I'm that's the thing. so far this, this race for me proved okay. Well, look, you know, I know we wanted Drogovic in that car, but like, I'm not, I, I, I'm going to say, I can't say that I think Drogovic would have got as good of a result as Stroll did this weekend. Oh, um, I, well, uh, obviously you can never tell until Drogovic has never driven it. a Formula One car. I know, I know. As I, just, I was about to say, I was about to say, we can never tell, never tell until we see him in F1 machinery, but yes. Drogovic is an F2 champion, which is an argument you like to make whenever Stroll's I insult him. He's a GP3 champion. Whenever I like to insult Schumacher last year, was, you know, he was great in <laughs> F2, rah, 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 so we got to hold that for him. But oh, I also want to make the point that obviously uh, back when Vettel first joined Aston Martin, I said that, oh, this could be a really great mentor-mentee relationship for Stroll. Now, obviously, the car was never very good for Vettel, and that never really eventuated. But I think maybe maybe that point is true for Alonso. Alonso is the bad guy. Stroll's a, a bad boy. You know what I mean? No, <laughs> everyone loves to hate Lance Stroll. Embrace it. Become the villain. Alonso's going to teach him how to be the ultimate. Give zero fucks about anyone else. Try yes, <laughs> exactly. I was going to say Alonso is not a good mentor, but yeah, if he can just teach him how to like give zero fucks, fair enough. Yeah, this um, could be great. So yeah, superly duperly impressed with Stroll and Aston Martin. I'm I'm keen to see where this goes and what results both of them can prove in that. And it's fascinating. It's 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 weird that it's like now that you're finally off. Uh, daddy's payroll. Lance is actually looking good. Like now, you now that he doesn't. That's the thing. For ages, he had to pay you to defend Lance. Now that Lance doesn't need defending, there's no. You're not getting anything from being out of. You can talk about how great he is, but you're not getting anything out of it. Anymore. Maybe I've been shadow on the payroll this entire time. Oh, five D chess. Who knows. But yes, it is time to move on. That is our key thing for that. So uh, next up, we've got a new segment that we're going to try out. This is not going to happen. Well, this may only happen once a season because it kind of really only applies to the first race of the season. But uh, we're calling it Oversteer. This is called Oversteer. And basically, this is just going to be me and Jashan. Uh, or Jashan and I, I should say. Nice. Giving grandma. a few um, rampant, disproportionate kind of overreactions to the first race of the season in the sense of, you know, it's been one race, but like, oh my God, this is obviously going to happen. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, let's hear some big overreactions. Jashan, give me your first overreaction to the first race of the season. Yep, easy peasy. I'm going to be cruel. I'm going to be mean. I'm going to be spiteful because this guy's let me down with my predictions. Nick DeVries will be a one and done, Matt. He's going to have one year. He's going to get beaten by Yuki Tsunoda and he's going to be out of the sport like that. Bam. I mean, I don't think that's an overreaction necessarily. I'm, I mean, but I'm already kind of thinking based on other things as well. Personally, I don't think either of them on the grid next year. There's too yeah, much probably. talent in that academy. Uh-huh. There's too much talent in that academy. Chuck in, uh, Chuck in Zane, Chuck in Dennis, easy. Ayumo, like. Oh yeah, yeah, the man I predicted still to win the whole thing. Still plenty of time to see yeah, what awesome. like. <laughs> yeah, some like. Honestly, Red Bull need those, a third team. They need a third team. They can't. They can't go a third or fourth straight year. 
with the academy guys either have to become Adam Academy fired or move off to pastures new a la Lawson and stuff like that. They're, there's so much talent there. So I don't think that's... I think Obviously, it's, it's an overreaction because it's been one race to make that call, but I would not be at all surprised if it is a completely fresh lineup in AlphaTauri mm-hmm. next season. I'm going to go for the big, juicy one here. Being It's been one race, but uh, Max Verstappen's going to win every single race this year. <laughs> He's going 23 for 23. No one else is getting a win this year. It's 24. There's 23 races left. It's 24 in total. I thought there was... No, because we lost China. China's got the vid. But regardless, I've gone from eight. I've gone from eight. I've gone from within the space of one weekend. I've gone from eight different drivers will win. I've gone from, yeah, a bold prediction of eight different drivers will win a race this year to an overreaction of only one driver is winning races this year. It will only be Max. He is winning them all. Mm. <laughs> That's brutal. That's brutal. I will be. It's going to make <laughs> it really cold, fucking hard to watch oh, the sport. Not going to lie. Give me a second overreaction, Jashan. Yeah, all right. I'll, I'll go big. I'll go big and bold. Uh, Zach Brown will be jobless by the end of the year. No, but doesn't Zach Brown, like, own McLaren? He's the CEO. He's not the owner. The CEO still answers to somebody. That's fair, that's true. The board of directors. And they will see him making a fool of himself on DTS, making a fool of himself out there on the paddock, and uh, making the team a bit of a laughing stock, and they'll be like, you know what, I've had enough. Fuck off. Small sack brown, you're done. That is... Props to him for getting them back to relevancy, but zero props for then just dragging them back down out of relevancy, like, like an anchor. I'm sure, it's not obviously his faults only. I'm just, you know, I'm a bit of hyperbole. Okay. Well, no, that's totally fair. I'm I'm going to um, bundle onto that one. My second overreaction is McLaren won't score a point all season. <laughs> McLaren is finishing last because I still have a little bit of faith in Haas and AlphaTauri. So McLaren won't score a point all season. Mm. Not necessarily because they're not fast enough. I just don't oh, think God. they'll ever be able to get two cars to the finish line and it'll be some weird thing where whichever whenever they have a car running in the points it'll break it'll, it'll, they're not going to score a point break. all year not scoring a point all year <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> that's brutal that's brutal but I, I don't mind it uh alpine will protest the aston martin car <laughs> that's actually brilliant oh what a throwback what a throwback <laughs> We're going for round two, baby. <laughs> cannot, cannot wait how this will shake out this time. I reckon Aston Martin wins it this time around. Yeah, I reckon so too. I reckon they've done so nothing too. wrong. Done nothing wrong. I'd love to see it though. That would be a bit a bit of fun spice in that. But they have to bring back Cyril a bit of to do it. Actually, you know what? Yeah. No, it works because they've got Otmau now. And Otmau was almost as... Actually, Otmau is more dislikable than Cyril. Because like, Cyril was like dislikable, but in like a lovable kind but of way. Funny, like, you, yeah. You love to hate Cyril. You just hate... Oh, Dude, when they introduced him, like, as a proper character in DTS Season 4, I think it was, the opening scene is just him ironing a shirt. Like, the the scene that they thought would most define his character is the guy ironing a shirt. I mean, I How kind of agree. He boring do you have to shirt be? shirt ironing vibes. That's okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm torn for which one of my... I've got two more written down. I'm torn for which one to go with, because we're going to keep this at three. Oh. 
I think. Oh. Both of them are that. But you know what? This one's like that. Uh, Ferrari is going to rejoin the midfield. <laughs> Not necessarily in, like, raw pace. Nah, but in terms of points accumulated, they're going to finish fourth in the standings at best. And I'm saying they're going to be closer to Alpine than they are to Mercedes, making them a part of the midfield. They're, they're rejoining the midfield. Mm. Through pure incompetence of being able to get cars to the end of races <laughs> or have good strategies. Ferrari is rejoining the midfield. Interesting. They're yeah. already worse than they're already worse than Aston, and Mercedes is going to jump them at some point, kinda like they did last season, because Mercedes knows how to actually improve a car as the year I goes don't on. Oh man, Mercedes are pretty dire. There um, are there there are their attachments in having no side pods is is it's it's a it's a mistake and this finally is... Toto's admitted it. Thank fuck. Uh, my I last could... one, my last one. No, you started. Ha- you started. We've, we're only doing three. You've done three. Oh right, I'm finished. Oh You're fantastic. Finished. Cash. That'll do. I mean, you can go one more. I've got one more written down as well. We may as well throw it Let's in. Do it full. Fuck it. Lewis Hamilton will never win another race. Fair enough. That is a that is an overreaction. I think. Never gonna happen. Mercedes is shit. He finished 51 seconds behind Max Verstappen in this race. It wasn't great. It wasn't pretty. I don't, so for me, for Lewis winning another race, I'm more looking at his time gap to A, Perez, B, top of the midfield. And he wasn't... Mm-hmm. He was 13 seconds behind Alonso, which is slightly troubling. But we will, we will see. I, as much as George reckons they should give up on the year, I still think that car will get better as the year goes on. Even if they just understand it better, more so than actually like bringing bulk upgrades to it, mm. I believe it will improve. But my final one, before we move on is Lance Stroll will finish top five in the standings. Wow. I said, I think this will be sort of his weakest overall pace performance of the year because he has broken into many, many pieces. He will only get more, as he gets more laps in the car, he will only get better. He will only get healthier. Eventually, he'll be running up behind Alonso. So if Alonso's finishing third every race, Lance finishes fourth every race, Lance comes top five in the standings. The Lance Stroll... Redemption arc or breakout <laughs> arc, whatever the fuck you want to call it, is on its ambush season, fellas. <laughs> it is ambush season. Not bad. As, as in right. Aston Martin AM ambush. Is that what you're oh, trying yeah, to that, say? That works as well. Yeah. That works too. That wasn't what I was going with at all. Ah. Just Lance Stroll coming out of nowhere, basically. Okay, that fair works. enough. I like that. I like ambush, that. baby. All right, moving <laughs> us along. Now, Jashan. I believe, so in a way, vein of reactions. I believe you have some kind of thing you want to put forward to me to get my reaction on, possibly to do with people you think are already on the hot seat. Yeah, baby. People under pressure. Pretty simple concept. Pretty self-explanatory. Let's get stuck into it. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll, I'm gonna rattle through these names. <clears throat> if you, uh, if you want to denounce me, go for it. But I mean, I think honestly, you're gonna find it hard to disagree with any of these. First things first, Oscar Piastri for choosing McLaren over Alpine. Terrible decision. Okay, not so much in like he's about to get kicked out of Formula One. He's just under pressure for being bad at decision making. Correct. Mark, actually, we... and on that, Mark Webber for being a terrible mentor and telling him to choose <laughs> the wrong team. Mark Webber, that's, you're that's under fair. pressure. Webber under more pressure than Piastri. Thing. I think we kind of already suspected this though. We definitely speculated that we got the the feeling. 
that there was a real big chance that Alpine would be a better car and that mm. this could prove to be a bad decision in terms of that. But I think we still, you got to, I think this was about more than just thinking McLaren would be a better car than Alpine. I think this was still very much a McLaren wanted him. He didn't feel like Alpine wanted him. But this definitely, he's off to a real, he's off, he's Fernando alonso it right out of the gates. He's already, oh, yeah. and Alonso, Alonso at least made a good, correct, and original choice, choosing, like, mm. um, the Exeter Benetton setup, the old, um, bloody V, not VJ Malia, um. Oh, VJ Malia. Ah! Oh, Big VJ. Flavio Briatore, that's the one. He was in charge mm. of Renault at the time. Old corruption on legs himself. Correct. But picking a Renault set up the Endstone team was a great first call of Alonso's career and netted him two titles. And then basically he's not, he didn't make a good career move up until joining Aston Martin this year. Piastri, mm. you're right, has got an it completely wrong out of the gates. Yeah. We'll see how he goes. Brutal stuff. Uh, number two, I'm going to give you two names here and I want you to pick the one for me, uh, whom you think is most under pressure. Uh, two principles. One, Toto Wolf. He described Sunday as one of the worst days in racing for his team ever. Your team should not be getting beaten by Aston Martin, who used most of your parts. Pretty embarrassing stuff there. Or is it Fred Vasseur for Ferrari still being shit? It's Fred. Steady Fred. Um, I, I think we've got to go several more years of Mercedes being really bad before Toto is under any real pressure. And big analogy in point, Red Bull did fuck all. Well, not fuck all, but Red Bull did fuck all. From the the final Vettel title in 2013 up until mm. Max won in 2021. Fair point. Christian was team principal the whole time. That's fair, that's fair, that's fair, that's fair, that's the fair, that's big fair. T- At the top of that, sensible big teams won't just, because there's so much more nuance to it, won't just knee-jerk and get rid of a team principal. Now, Ferrari does this kind of thing. A, because they're even at that. I think Ferrari said that Mercedes is not a poorly run operation. They've just not got a good car. And that comes down to more things than Toto. I think Fred is under pressure because I think Ferrari's response, regardless of what the issues is, is clean out, as I said, the old joke of the bring out the concrete trucks. It's clean out everyone, start fresh. That'll make it suddenly magically better. So yeah, it's Fred. Okay, for it is. Uh, a few more. George Russell for being last of the Merck Aston Martin battle. Four drivers. Russell came last. Not great for George. Yeah, yeah, you know, I don't I don't think he's under any like real pressure, but yeah, I, I get I get your point. That's not a not how he would have wanted to start it, especially because I think he should I'm expecting him to beat Hamilton in the standings this season. So yeah, not off to a good start. To, to lose that. to Stroll while Stroll's on fucking mad painkillers. Not a great look. Yes. Alright, there we go. Georgie, Georgie, Georgie boy. Uh, Max Verstappen. Every single driver who has won the season opener since 2017 oh, true, actually, yeah. has gone on to finish runner-up. Max Verstappen is under pressure to buck that trend. He, no, that's fair. It's going to be fascinating. Because either, obviously, this is the one where you're like, that's it. Like, history and, like, things like that are made to be broken and that. But the alternative is I'm fascinated to see how Max doesn't win the stand, the championship this year, having won in Bahrain. Yeah. It would be a spectacular story to like, follow. Was this actually just intense sandbagging by one out of Aston Martin, Mercedes, <laughs> or Ferrari to ensure that Max <laughs> wins the race and thus can't win the title? It was McLaren. It was McLaren the entire time. They've actually got a, they've got a championship <laughs> winning car. They were just sandbagging. 
Oh, Jesus. Oski to of the course. moon. And last but not least, both of us. Uh, you predicted Nico Hulkenberg, and I predicted Guan- Zhou Guan Yu to snag a podium this year. Uh, neither of them looked particularly likely to do so in Bahrain. So we are under pressure for shit takes. I mean, mate, well, uh, can I tell you which one of us is under more pressure? Whom? That's you, because you've also predicted Ferrari to win both championships. <laughs> yeah. I uh, think sometimes you just, sometimes being boring really pays off. <laughs> yeah, Max and Red Bull. Boom. Pretty I boring. fucking look like a genius, mate. Yeah. Oh, look how good I am. <laughs> um, yeah, look, the Nico Hulkenberg uh, podium um, campaign, not off to the best of starts, mm. but I'm relying on the whack race happening at a track that suits the horse. Don't know what track that is. Look, maybe it is that it fucking, like, literally out of nowhere heavens open. Randy Orton! At Monaco. Oh, yeah. And, like, the top 11 all fucking just, like, pile up at, like, La Source or something because there's no fucking grip. Because it's, uh, it's literally, like, dry to, like, like full-on, like, Melbourne weather change or, like, Brisbane massive thunderstorm rolls in where it, like, pours for, like, absolute intensity for, like, 30 seconds and just stops and that was the rain for the day. Yeah. It's going to do that. So they'll all just pile in, into each other because there's zero grip out there. Hulkenberg's far enough back. He can, like, pop in to put inches on or whatever and it starts raining or just doesn't get caught up in the crash. Then there's only nine cars left and so he finishes third out of nine cars and it'll happen at las vegas someone will get distracted by like i don't oh know oh my god i forgot that's even a grand prix someone will get distracted by fucking uh what's what's the bloke zach galifianakis driving by and i, don't I should have predicted as a bold prediction that ricardo would win las vegas because like red bull will just chuck him in checo's car for one weekend because he's the most marketable american in history okay it's a good call um that's a good call <laughs> but all right Let's start heading towards the end of this uh, and move on to Jashan's favorite segment and not mine. Uh, send it. Did I send it or did I not didn't send it? Yeah, you oh, send it! Smooth operator. Smooth operator. Oh, send it! You've gone from not no one else's to just not not yours. Have you had uh, feedback from someone else that said that is actually? I, I have so. not, but I, I it's the it's the start of the season. I should be keeping up appearances and playing nice a little bit. I shouldn't just <laughs> say that no one else likes the segment. Just wow. just go with we'll just go with me for now, and we'll see how and we'll see how send it progresses as how I'll base it off how strong I think your send it's are each week. I see. All right. So it's all about the quality of the send, brother. All right. Yeah, well, mm. You know, got to keep you under pressure. Number one, news.com.au. Thanks to Tyson Otto. Daniel Ricciardo was big winner from Formula One season opener. Oh, I didn't describe the segment. Oh, that's right. I'll, it'll be fine. They'll figure it out. Number two, also news.com.au. Also Tyson Otto. F1 icon apologizes after Valtteri Bottas's eating disorder kept quiet. Number three, courtesy of the race. We love the race. Matt Beer and Ed Straw added again. Alpha's Alpine foiling tactic was impressively ruthless. 
headline number four, courtesy of Motorsport Week in Jordan Edwards. Horner Lycans 2023 Aston Martin F1 car to Old Red Bull. And finally, Crash.net, James Dealhen, F1 to trial a new qualifying format, but the drivers aren't happy about it. Consider it sent. Uh, one of these headlines we've already kind of talked about today, but that's fine. It is what it is. Matthew, any of those screaming to you as potentially this interesting? This might be your greatest ever send. Really? I want to know more about all five of those headlines. This might be your greatest even ever send. the Even the Aston Martin old Red Bull one, which we've already talked about? Less so, but it's still like a notable enough piece of news that it's fair enough. Mm. I'm really torn between the first two. With the first one, just out of sheer, like, I want to know how trashy of an article this is and how <laughs> dumb the reason is. And the second one, I'm actually just curious, like, what? What's this about a battery bodice eating disorder? But I'm going to go with the first one. I want to know why on earth news.com thinks Daniel Ricciardo is the big winner of this weekend. Explain. <laughs> okay, the, the, the lead of this article is Daniel Ricciardo may have finally made a smart career move. By the way, he got fired. It was not his decision to leave McLaren. <laughs> so I don't know what you're talking about, Tyson, but fair enough. It's essentially just a, an article trashing McLaren for being shit and, and saying that Ricardo's better off uh, not How in the great is the Australian media, honestly? <laughs> You've got to fucking love it. Like, Fox Sports has already run, like, 17 of these articles as well, and it's like, oh, just shut the fuck up for once in your life. Yeah, it's it's pretty... pretty uh... It's unfortunate. Uh, the headline I'm going to talk about is the alleged new qualifying format. So this has been uh, doing the rounds over the past couple of days. Formula One, they want to reduce the amount of tyre sets that teams bring to each weekend from 13 down to 11. And to do so, they want to force certain compounds to be used in Q1, Q2, and Q3. Yes, I think we talked about this towards the end of like last season, maybe. Yeah. So, probably, probably in the lost episode. <laughs> probably the, the one of the many lost episodes we have, thanks to uh, terrible audio and or terrible computers or and or me uh, failing to save things correctly. But basically, the idea is drivers must use hards in Q one, must use mediums in Q two, and must use hards in Q three. So, I mean, f from your end, do you think that's a good idea? Uh, I think I remember. I feel like I probably said it last time as well. I just think that's. Um, I understand the wanting to bring less tires. Again, it's better for the environment. Yeah. It's less money. All those things. More strategy teams could be more strategic with it. But like having a tire for each session, just I don't. Especially because like some tires just don't hook on at all mm -hmm. at some tracks. And also like, who the fuck wants to see people setting qualifying times on a hard? <laughs> yes. Like why? Well, Max made know. the point that, you know, well, I hope it's not cold in Imola, otherwise it's going to be very, very difficult for anyone to do anything good. Actually, in that case, I, that's the one time I kind of would want to see that. That would be hilarious, just like with no one, with like everyone out there with like no fucking grip <laughs> might as well be on slicks in the wet. <laughs> like, yeah, I'd just rather it be there's two less sets and teams have got to get even more strategic. That's like, okay... Do we only do one run in this session? Like, when do we want to burn the tires? Do we want to keep a complete fresh set for that? Like, do we do we go back out on a second fresh set 
to make sure we get through to the next session, but then have no rubber left to try and get that. Like, that's it. Then the strategy comes in. Okay, is it worth gambling another set to ensure that we qualify at least 10th? Or do we risk saving the rubber mm-hmm. in the hope that then we have a fresh set for the final session and could qualify 7th? But in doing so, we risk qualifying 13th because we don't set another time. Yeah. And then you get some strategy things in that. I would rather that than just. Yep, hards, then mediums. Also, just because it's so pretty, at least make it fucking banterous. Let's go softs, hards, mediums, or something. Something completely random. Or change every weekend, hit the randomized button for what order the tires are in. Mm -hmm. So that sometimes we're doing Q3 on softs, sometimes we're doing Q3 on mediums, sometimes we're doing Q3 on hards. And have it just be completely whack. Well, honestly, have it so that sometimes it's medium, medium, hard. And it's like, what? (laughs) Otherwise, yeah. Mm. I like getting rid of tires, but I don't like having set ones for each session. I think that's stupid. Agreed. Agreed. Agreed, agreed, agreed. And literally every single driver agrees with you as well. So congratulations. So what I'm hearing is that I'm actually a Formula One driver. You don't have a license, but... That's, That's... You don't need a license to be able to drive. That's got nothing... I don't need a road license to be able to get a super license. So that's got nothing to do with it. Fair shout. I had no idea. The more you I don't believe so. Like, what's what's being able to drive a car on the road got to be able to do it? You're not like you need a road license to drive a fucking go-kart. I've been go-karting, mate. Man's been go-karting? You've been go-karting. I've been go-karting. I've go-karted before. Exactly. Wasn't very good at it, but I've done it. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Now, I don't think done. there's any other headlines we have that are big enough to be separate from Send It, which means I believe we've reached the end of this podcast. Indeed we have. As always, find us on any good podcast player and on Instagram at Online Hub Media, where Jashan is pumping out solid Amounts of content of a high quality most of the time. Thanks, man. It's 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 typically solid. It's been difficult. Every now and again, time. he chucks up an unsolicited quote, which is what I consider to be the single worst quote I've said of that particular episode. But most <laughs> of the time, it's it's good content. It's good content. <laughs> and as ever, I have been your host, Matt. The voice that you also heard on this podcast has been Jashan. Yeah, yeah. Battle recorder, four-man wall as well. Check that out on the other feed. It's good quality stuff. Pumping out Uh, the tent. Segways, Park Ji-sung has been here in spirit, as he always is, as the official mascot of the podcast. Nice. (laughs) And for another week, we combined have been Rear of the Grid. Lance is my hero. Amazing performance. Well done, everyone.